I think basketball, the business of it, yeah. can strip the individual talents from a, a higher level of education because they're so bogged down with like the skill stuff. What happens to those that are not that you get a parent that comes to you and is like, "Yo, I want my kid to to rock with PSA." Yeah. Right? There's a there's a comes a point where you have to make a decision as to who you want to accept. Yeah. How do you guys go about doing that? We're interviewing the family. We're interviewing their circle. We're we're wow. keeping track of like the academics, where you go to school, how does that fit into what we're doing, distance-wise, can you, how often can we touch you as far as just being involved in you, in right? In the same space, yeah. I think when we look at the guys who have been super successful, we've been able to, and it's, I'm, obviously we're not Superman, right? But we've been able to interact with them a lot, right? You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good, I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Yo, what up? This is Manny Digital, and we're back with another episode of Dribbling Dimes. I'm sitting with the executive director of Pro Scholar Athletics, also known throughout New York City, state, and damn near the, yeah, the country for sure, um, as the PSA Cardinals. He's a Bronx-born and bred cat, Gerard Ave, you mentioned, right? Yes, sir. Um, he attended the Holderness School, which is a prep school, boarding school, prep school up in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a graduate of Wesleyan University. He has multiple master's degrees. Um, he also taught for some time with a program like Teach for America, and I'm sure in the Board of Ed at some point, right? Yes, sir. Right. Um, with us today is PSA Cardinal Executive Director, Mr. Terrence Munch-Williams. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for yeah. having me. For, first question I have, how do you get the nickname Munch? Uh, my mom's. She is it an eating thing? Is that junk why? food? Junk food. Heavy on the junk food. The munchy cat. A lot of cookies. A lot of donuts. Is still, that, still, still to this day, it's a, it's a bit of a dilemma. I got some Krispy Kremes in the back. I, I'm gonna try to hold off on those right, well, as we as we speak. We can take know, a pause we, anytime you think you need. All the time is catching up, right. so <laughs> we gotta we gotta relax on, on on so many snacks, right? All the time in which I'm having them. Okay, but that's exactly where it came from. The <laughs> that's junk dope. food. That's dope. And that, um, so was that, when that name kind of, well, I guess you've been called that forever, so it's not like you were ashamed or embarrassed at any point, were you? No, I mean, it I think what it, what it did was it, it created a uniqueness where in the city, people would say, oh, that, I know Tyrone, and it's 50,000 Tyrones, mm. but it's like, oh, you know Munch, it's not that many Munches gotcha. right? across yeah. the country, Yep. so it's like, it just became normal, but then as you get into adulthood, you kind of want to get in, hey, Mr. Williams, Terrence, you kind of got to get away from the nicknames yeah. as, as you become more professional and more established into, into being your age. So that, that's, the, that's the journey. So we're going to start this one off a little differently. Um, I kind of just want to get into what PSA is, yeah. right, um, and, and how it even became what it is now, right? Because yeah. I, I know PSA, like, like I told you earlier, we've been doing this podcast for about a year. 
Okay. I can't say before that I knew much outside of, you know, when we're talking about non-school programs that relate to basketball. Yeah. Um, Gauchos and Riverside were yeah. like the names I knew, right? Yeah. That weren't necessarily schools themselves. Yeah. Um, as I'm doing this podcast and getting myself more immersed in the tri-state area scene of basketball, PSA comes up a lot. Um, the Wrens, uh, you know, all, all these different organizations. Yeah. And they all have their differences and values and whatnot. Um, but Kyle Cuff was on the show. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, he, we spoke offline too. He just talked so much about you, your, you know, the, the group that, that is a part of uh, yeah. mentoring and teaching these children. Children. These Young grown-ass men, men at this <laughs> point. Uh, and I found it really interesting, which is why I reached out to you and kind of just said, yo, let's try to make it happen as soon as possible. Just... Cause, and so PSA. If you had to elevate a pitch PSA to anybody, what what is that? I mean, for me, it's, it's it's opportunity for for kids. You know, obviously black and brown Latino kids first and foremost, but also opportunity for kids of different cultures and generations and, and age groups that that they could come together and, and try to find different ways to first and foremost receive great education. Um, get them in places where we think. They can matriculate into into adulthood and matriculate into things that are, that are bigger than just the basketball side. On the basketball court, I think we're one of the top five programs in the country. Um, year in and year out, I think we produce a high level of quality guys on and off the court. I think um, what separates us from most most programs is just our structure mm-hmm. and our day to day love for our guys. I think we do a great job of. Of, of making sure that our kids are good from 12 months. And, and it's not a lot of basketball that take place. If you're in high school, you don't play any AAU basketball until April. Yeah. But we're still really hands-on with those guys on and from September all the way to April, you know. Talk to me a little bit about your structure. So yeah. you mentioned that's one of the big things that sets you guys apart, in, in your opinion. Yeah. What is the structure? Because, I mean, obviously the first and foremost is you're with them 12 months a year. Yeah. Right? I mean, we got, we got extreme high academic standards. Like, I think everyone in the city knows, like, if you're, if you're not passing your classes, this is not a place that you're going to be able to play. Mm. Like, you're not going to be able to get on the court. Like, we've had examples of that. Um, we stick with you. We make sure that we, we hands-on to try to help you get the tutoring, do it ourselves. Um, we'll pop up to your school, make sure that you're doing what you need to do, progress supports. Um, you have to be, you know, a well-rounded young man and, you know, entrenched in doing community service, entrenched in, you know, as well as being in, being in the gym, working on your craft, as well as, you know, understanding reading. You know, one of the things that we do mm-hmm. that a lot of guys are, try, uh, are starting to take into their programs is we, we remove the cell phones during the weekend when we, get, when we get on the road. I think that's been a big thing for us. In the beginning, there was a lot of pushback um, yeah. just because it was different. And then we started to see the guys and, and their family started to see the fruits of the labor, right? The concentration went up. Um, study halls on the road, it's a little different than some programs might do. We're not saying our way of doing it is right from wrong or or better. It's just our way, right? No, I, I don't care about that. Yeah, yeah, I care about just, how you guys do it because yeah. that's, that's really what's new, unique to me to understand, right? Yeah. Um, I, so that's the cell phone thing you just referenced is contentious. For many reasons, but one big one, especially when we're talking about the age range of these these guys, yeah. is the the disconnect from like social media and that kind of thing. How was that one of the biggest reasons why it was a contentious? Topic? Yeah, I mean, we, it's it's also just about communication. Like you can't 
just you could be in a room with three other guys or two other guys and you're just texting away and you're not communicating. Like yeah. we want our guys to to create bonds that that are gonna last forever. And for us, we we've, we've been able to see it. Like you can see kids when they get older still have group chats or still see each other and still party together and still, you know, go to each other's weddings and stuff like that. Like as you as they get older, you see them still have a bond. But I think it started with I was in this room with this young man. And we were talking about things. Mm-hmm. We weren't just texting. We, we was on a plane and we were talking about things. We was in a van and we were talking about things. And obviously the communication helps what you're going to do on the basketball court, right? But you also get to know people you went to war with. And, you know, the larger picture is the, the form of communication that you're going to need as you go forward, right? You're going to need to communicate in the missions department when you go visit, when you're trying to apply for college. You're going you're gonna to have to communicate and talk to someone when you're interviewing for a job. You're going to have to talk to the media when you're playing college basketball, yeah. right? Um, so the biggest thing for us is not to just limit these guys to what's cool for AAU. It's about what are the things that we can have them do that's going to prepare them for something that's going to come down the pipe in three years. They don't know what we're preparing them for. We're telling them, but they, you know, at the beginning, they don't take it serious. They just see, oh, you're taking my cell phone. I can't talk to my girlfriend. Can't talk to my trainer. Can't talk to my my brother. Can't talk to my mom, my dad. You know, all of these people that are reaching out to them, in a sense, during the weekend and trying to help them along the journey. But sometimes it could be negative, right? You got seven people telling you seven different things. It could not be in conjunction with what the, the coach is saying. Mm-hmm. And that can cause drama, right? Tons. During the weekend, when you're trying to play for something that's bigger than yourself, like you're trying to get scholarships. Like at the end of the day, we're not playing for trophies anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not playing for medals. We're not just playing for a tweet. You're literally playing to get these scholarship offers. So you're physically, mentally, and emotionally need to be on the same page at all times. And if everybody collectively are on the same page, we're going to have a better shot at being well-prepared to perform well. You, and I'm just meeting you, uh, you know, for the first time. Yeah. But from the things that I've researched, you and your organization are very unapologetic about your approach, yeah. which I respect, mm-hmm. right? Because... You, you cut through all the, the BS. Yeah. And you're like, yo, here's our mission, right? Yeah. Here's, this, the objective is get these kids the College. best possible scholarships mm-hmm. that align with opportunity for them to actually attend a school that makes sense for them, yeah. right? Um, you don't hear that a lot, at least not so outwardly focused, right? You'll hear it in conversation here and there. And yes, I think every program that's somewhat similar to you guys, I wouldn't call them the same, but like, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, yeah. They would like to rack up the numbers of D1 scholarships <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, but your formula is different than what I've personally heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, not, and again, I'm, you can call me a rookie in this, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't, I don't know all that goes into the Gauchos versus Riverside yeah. or et cetera, et cetera. But um, I find it to be really purposeful. Right, yeah. like there's a lot of purpose behind it, and you know, I took a took a stroll through your your website, yeah. got through a lot of the the. I love you guys have a variety of very impactful quotes yeah. all throughout your website. One in particular that I think probably is kind of like really jives with like your mission statement. I'll, I'll read it here. It says, "Our people have made the mistake of confusing the methods with the objectives." As long as we agree on objectives, we should never fall out with each other just because we believe in different methods or tactics or strategy. We have to keep in mind at all times that we are not fighting for separation. We are fighting for 
recognition as free humans in this society. And that's um, from uh, Al-Hajj Malik Al-Shabazz. Yeah. That, that set me aback. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow. And the thing, the thing was unique about our website is one of our directors, Andre Charles, he designed it. Like he okay. decided on every single thing that went on that website. So all the elements, all the every content. Every single piece of it. There was no one's input. He took his time. He put it up. We we rooted for it. We support it. Um, obviously have his back. It it's it so many times people come to us and say, Hey, let us do your website. Yeah. Let us make it basketball. Yeah, let yeah. us make it whatever you're saying, that's that's cool, but nah, let's just focus on how many pros you guys got. And it was like, no, like everything we try to do as best we can is in-house. We want to make sure that we support each other. We want to make sure that we support people that look like us. Um, I think the website is unique. It stands out. It's for better or for worse. We took our shot, right? Yeah. Some people are gonna like it. Some people are gonna dislike it. But it doesn't matter. Like at the ultimate day, is some y'all like it? We love it, right. right? The kids enjoy it. It's it's something that's never been done. And a lot of times when we do things for the first time, no one is jumping for joy to say, "Oh, that's different." Like right. people, in a sense, want a level of normalcy and, and cookie cutter because you can wake up every morning and know like if I'm in Seattle it's chances are it's gonna rain a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, familiarity. When, yeah, familiarity. But then when you try to do something different, it shakes up the, the landscape. But it also makes people, you know, work harder. It makes you think more. It makes you push the push the culture forward as mm -hmm. best you can. Right. I look at stuff where, you know, a few years back it wasn't a lot of quote unquote AAU programs going and checking on their guys in college, or going and checking on their guys in high school. And it became, it's becoming a thing now. If you look mm -hmm. at social media, you see guys yeah. posting a lot of pictures of, hey, I went to check on this kid. Let's have a basketball game, and hopefully we can make it, we can push it forward where it's not just at a basketball yeah, it game. it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that, right? And, 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 it, and it will get to that point because competition, right? And people look at stuff and they say, if they're doing it, then I have I to do it, right? It. Yep. And one of the biggest things, for, especially for myself, but the people that I'm around, it's always been when we walk away, this the, the landscape of grassroots and AAU, we're going to force people to treat the kids better, right? You're going to have to feed them more on the road. You're yeah. going to have to make sure they, they're doing better in school. You're going to make sure they're becoming a better human, like just forcing the culture to not just be about basketball. Like Now you really got to work. If yeah. you want high level quality character guys yeah. and families. Yeah, I mean that's it's you take on the role of I'd say a parent, right? Because yeah. you're not just focusing now on that one thing that for better or worse, like it's it's a business at the earliest of ages, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are involved because there is a the potential, maybe even immediately there's some grants or something yeah. where they can benefit from. Because they're affiliated with training or teaching or what have you, right? From a basketball perspective. It does change the landscape entirely. And you kind of see the, the cream rises at that point. Mm -hmm. Who's really about the benefits uh, for the kid themselves mm -hmm. versus their own programs or pockets or whatever the case, yeah. right? Like, it, it's it's an inch, And I haven't been close enough to really understand those dynamics just yet. But I know it's happening. Right? Yeah. I know you can s distinctly see certain things happening. I wonder though, given that you guys sounds like you you you're doing things in a very in a, in a different mold, right? Yeah. How challenging is it for you to a get the, the kids through the door that you think are necessary or 
are, I don't want to say worthy to make it sound like others aren't, but like the right kids yeah. to benefit from what you guys have in, in there. Right? Yeah. How difficult is that? I mean, I think as time goes on, getting the right kids that fit the mold of what we're trying to accomplish has become a little bit easier because it's a, it's, it's not a huge selection pool, mm-hmm. right? But then the production and the product speaks for itself. Like mm-hmm. people are, you know, people say men lie, women lie, numbers, numbers don't, don't lie, right? right? But when you're sitting down with a family and you say, okay, I get it. You want all of these things. These are your goals. Well, here's the 15 to 25 people that walk the same path that you walk, that you're about to walk, and they ended up there, right? There was some gold at the end of the road. They're going to believe you. They're going to trust you. But I need you to do it this way because we can get more done if you do it the way that we're asking you to do, mm-hmm. right? You can become a stronger mental person. You can become more comfortable with who you are. Like, I think that's a big thing, kids learning who they are as they continue to grow. Like, in our process, you kind of meet four different human beings if you're dealing with them from 12, right? From, mm-hmm. And you, you're a kid, you, you're going to notice from 12 to 14 is one person, yep. 14 to 16 is one person, 16 to 18, then they get to college and you're still dealing with them, right? Because yeah. one thing was, you never graduate. So you, we're still dealing with guys now, like 5.30 in the morning, me and Terry Larry are texting about what's going on with him at the G League and his love for the game and how does he how's he dealing with basketball after he tore his ACL two times mm-hmm. and, and just different things that go on. That people have no idea yeah. about, right? But I think once you got to the once you got to the point where you can say this works, people can have something to trust, right? When if you, God forbid, a kid tears his ACL, you're looking for the best doctor that you can possibly get mm-hmm. to do that. But you're also going off a reputation and proof that yeah. this person did his ACL, right? Right? You're not just walking in a in a, in a shop saying fix me. Right. It doesn't work. Right. And I think that's where we're currently at. We have the data. We have the statistics. We have the the anecdotes. We have people that can talk for us. Right. Versus us trying to be the mouthpiece to our story. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of parents. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of connections where people can just communicate with other people without us and say what what they're asking us to do. Does it work? And can you tell me how it worked? And what are the what are the steps? What are the steps? And yeah. how what are the negatives? What are the positives? And nothing is perfect, right? Of course not. The end goal always should be the same. Every single kid that is lucky enough, and you're lucky enough to have them in your program, wearing a uniform, and, and being part of your your day to day process, should have an opportunity to go to school, preferably for free. Yes, right, one hundred percent. And if you do that, and you continue to mentor them, then you did your job. And that's what I look at. And guys, don't make it to college. You didn't do your job. Like, you should get fired. You shouldn't have a quote-unquote contract. You shouldn't be able to just continue to travel and run around at these events and, and, and put these kids on, a, on the court. I think it's huge that your statistics of how many kids get in college is, should be the first question a parent asks. I mean, it's, it's, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And I think as a parent myself, it's a failure on our part, right? There's two ways to look at that. One is, and I don't think it's as relevant anymore, but when we were growing up, I don't know how many of our parents, our generation of parents, knew what to ask. Yeah. Right? It was very, like for them, it was more about the streets are hot, Mm. make sure my kids are not in (laughs) gunfight, you know what I mean? Like safety and survival. Today, I think things are a little bit more relaxed. You know, you still have your issues, but... Mm -hmm. Safety is more or less kind of figured out. People are more comfortable with people. 
but now parents, I think, are either not asking the right questions mm. or asking the wrong questions, not really taking into account the, what the realities are for their child. Yeah. Right. So you you have an example like, and and I want to get into this specifically with PSA, but like. Yeah. You got, you know, you've got your Cole Anthony's that come through your program. You got your Mo Bamba's, yeah. Joey Toussaint's, right? Those kids have done a lot basketball wise and have a ton of notoriety because of basketball. Yeah. What doesn't get talked about is like somebody like Mo Bamba, mm-hmm. right? Exquisitely intelligent human being, mm-hmm. right? I haven't heard enough personally from Cole Anthony to say the same, but I have to imagine he's a sharp dude as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't necessarily say, yo, that's because of PSA, yeah. but you were able to not take that away per se. Because sometimes I think basketball, the business of it, yeah. can strip the individual talents from a, a higher level of education because they're so bogged down with like the skill stuff, the, yeah. all that other shit that they're trying to you know aspire to get to the NBA yeah. or whatever it is. So with with that, you guys, you know, I, I feel like when I look at those names and those kids, those are one subset, yeah. right? What happens to those that are not, that you get a parent that comes to you and is like, yo, I want my kid to, to rock with PSA, yeah. right? Maybe there's a tryout, whatever. Maybe you, you open the door wide enough where yeah. you let enough folks in, but yeah. there's a, there's a, comes a point where you have to make a decision as to who you want to accept. Yeah. How do you guys go about doing that? Because I know it's more than just their skills on the basketball court. I mean, honestly, we're we're at the same. We're interviewing the family. We're interviewing their circle. We're we're wow. keeping track of like the academics. Where you go to school? How does that fit into what we're doing? Distance wise, can you? How often can we touch you? As far as just being involved in you, in right? The same space. Yeah, I think. When we look at the guys who have been super successful, we've been able to, and it's I'm, obviously we're not Superman, right? But we've been able to interact with them a lot, right? Some used to be on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. But I think it's huge of having people that think long-term. So if you're talking to a family, you're talking to a kid, and they don't have just a, a two-day vision. They got a six-year vision of like where they want their kid to go and understand that this journey is tough, right? There's lefts, rights, and everything around that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're we're really we're never in a rush to, to to bring a kid in. We're always trying to figure out does that kid fit? He obviously got to fit on the court. Yeah. Because no matter what you do, and I don't care what anyone says, I'm a firm believer. If the playing time's not right, that kid will walk out your program. True. No matter how much you're doing for them. True. Right. Like as much as they want to stay, they're still trying to get scholarships. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't can't blame them. In a sense, but ultimately, we 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 want the entire people that's around you because they're gonna have an effect on how you think, right? They're gonna have an effect on how you handle, you know, the off the court stuff. A lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. Is the structure within your household strong enough where you're studying every night or you're getting you're getting your work done, or do we gotta go knock on your door three days a week to say, hey, okay, let's sit at this kitchen table let's to get, get this, this gym, the, the geometry done? Yeah, mm-hmm. like. There's times when that happens. There's times when parents come to us and throughout history and say, listen, this boy has become a man too fast for me and I'm a single mom. I need you guys to basically become his daddy. Wow. And, and you know, that leads at times it might lead to a kid living in your house for a week. 
right? It, it might lead to you going to his school three days a week or the staff, right? Taking time to say, hey, I, I'm going to go by Monday. You go by Wednesday. You go by Friday. We'll, we'll be back at some basketball on Saturday. Mm. So there's so much stuff that go on with us off the court that has nothing to do with basketball. Like I tell people, even on a given weekend, we're playing maybe six hours of basketball, the actual game. But we're with you for 72 hours mm. straight. I got to have the right kid around me. I can't yeah. worry about if the kid is going into the store in the airport and decides to take something. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. Right? I can't have a kid disrespecting a flight attendant. I can't have you um, oversleeping a flight. We can't have you thinking, oh, the flight is at 630. I'm trying to be there when, when they when they about to close the door. That doesn't work. Like we, We're really strict on how we function, but it, it leads to things later that's going to be important. Right? Yeah. You can take a flight in college. Facts. You got to be on time, yeah. right? And uniform of what you need to be wearing. So we're we're structured where you know exactly what you need to be wearing on the flight. You know exactly the time frame in which your study halls. Like agendas are already there. Parents see the agenda. They can they they know a hotel we staying in, et cetera, et cetera. But to answer your question, like we take our time. We when we get the right kid, we try to mold them as best we can so they can stay in the program year after year. So we're not adding so many kids every year. Um, obviously, you're going to add some guys, but sure. you're going to add the right kids. And I take my time when, when I'm adding guys, and I'll I'll see kids, and I'll be like, he's a year away, just off the court. Like People don't know, like, James Booknight was a kid who was with us his freshman year, mm-hmm. and the structure was too much. Then he circled back his junior year, and he was like, okay. He was ready. I'm ready now. It wasn't basketball. He couldn't handle off the court. Got right? you. He was a great, great kid. Yeah. Phenom- phenomenal family. It was just too much. Like, we're doing this to this to this to this. We're eating together. We're sleeping together. We're doing all this stuff. Like, where's the fun? And the fun is in competition. The fun is in scholarships. The fun is in having these opportunities to go to a museum while you're on the road, right? So Yeah, that's that's fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then we have we have the adults, man, adults that's around us. Like, it's weird because none of us that I think of have played Division One basketball. Your entire staff has never played Division One basketball. And you if you talk to people on the outside, they'll always say stuff like, if you didn't play Division One yes. basketball, you can't get someone to do such and such. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, that's an opinion. But there's but seven at, guys that went the to the NBA. Look at the numbers. That's the facts, right? Yeah. So I think as long as you understand what's going on at that level and, and mold them for that level, we haven't had any complaints. I think, I think what you just said, I think that's a really lazy way for people to try to start off end a debate. Because <laughs> that is so unfounded. Like, there's nothing concrete no behind that. No. Yeah. And you know, for, I mean, if we just take it all the way down, dumb yeah. it all the way down, right? You think about people generally. Just because Bill Gates is who he is, that doesn't mean that Joe, Joe Brown down the street mm-hmm. can't provide value to, to guide somebody mm-hmm. toward becoming that kind of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's not like. Bill Gates is the only Somebody person. Somebody gotta be the first. Play. Yeah, somebody right. gotta be the first. And so, so to me, it's always fun because, like, in your guys' case, right? You mm-hmm. mentioned you played at at Wesleyan, Wesleyan University yeah. D three school. I don't. To me, that's success. Yeah. Right, because you play basketball at, at a relatively high level. Yeah. I know people poo poo all over D two and D three, but yeah. to me, that's that's still beautiful. Yeah. Right. It's not the glamorous D one NBA thing, mm-hmm. but it's still you. If you are a basketball player and that's what you like to do, mm-hmm. having the opportunity to play collegiately, regardless yeah. of whether or not you got a scholarship, yeah. right? I think that's if you're really about that, 
That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, when you come across the conversation, and we, we touched on this when we spoke on the phone, yeah. right? Um, the hotly, in my mind, a hotly contested debate, which is keep kids home, mm. send them away to prep school, mm-hmm. right? There are schools of thought on both sides. Yeah. I, on this show, have said I prefer for kids to grow up in their own environments, play ball in their communities, and move forward into hopefully college, etc., <laughs> with the support of that built-in structure. Right? Yeah. That that has been my view. Yeah. I am not oblivious to the fact, though, that if a child, if, I keep saying child, if a young man or woman has the opportunity to elevate their education first and foremost, mm-hmm. and go somewhere that is almost impossible for people like us to go to, mm-hmm. if that opportunity presents itself and they are capable of taking advantage of it, I say go, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, yes. The basketball landscape is important to me. Yeah. And to some degree, I think that that's, no, I know that's a selfish thing, mm. right? But we, and we, we miss the individual. Yeah. Us being fans of the game locally uh, is it's all I can really speak to. Yeah. And I know nationally this happens. Yeah. But we definitely miss what's, what's best for this person. Yeah. And so you brought up some really good points that have kind of put me made me more Switzerland than anything at this point right where and I'll let you get into it but I I really want to get deeper into that because I know you probably face this all the time yeah like some people are in favor of it some people debate you on it <laughs> they debate me on it oh well they try to they try to maybe <laughs> I've never had someone debate me on it what's PSA's perspective on that that particular topic yeah, I think I think our perspective is best opportunity per kid Right, we don't have an issue if a kid like Jaquan Carlos is at Thomas Jefferson. He's functioning well. He's living life well day to day. He has great people around him, great family structure. There's no alarm system going off saying, "Oh, I gotta get out of here." Mm. Stay there, do that. Uh, Shavar Newkirk was at Cardinal Hayes. Joe Toussaint was at Cardinal Hayes. There was never any issues, right? Tom Todd Jerome was at. Um, Iona Prep, RJ mm-hmm. Green's at Iona Prep. We got guys at Stepanek right now. Like our kids, kids at St. Raymond's. Like we have kids all over the place. They're not just in boarding school, but there's right. situations that people do not know about that says this kid can function better in this type of environment, mm-hmm. and the city cannot provide that for that particular kid at this moment. Yep. Does every kid at PSA go to boarding school? No. Is it a high volume, high number? Yes, because we see benefits to it. But we also are okay with guys staying home. But it does put a lot of more stress on your life where you kind of worrying about a kid day to day, his health, his eating habits, et cetera, et cetera. I can go, the list can go on, yeah. right? But I'm not against kids staying home. People at times seem like they're against kids going away. But what you're really against is the kid, the basketball player. Absolutely. Leaving. Because the Absolutely. conversation never goes into graduation rate, never. right? Because if we dissected the situation, now remember, you're talking to someone whose life is basketball and education. It's not just basketball. Sure. So when someone tells me, hey, I'm upset that Austrian Robinson didn't stay home and went to Trinity Poland, I'm saying, do you know who Austrian Robinson is outside of the basketball player? Because I know who he is. A phenomenal young man. 
but he would have been late for school every single day, mm. right? Which would have made your grades go left. Yeah. And he would have been upset at playing whatever, the five, and the local school at a six foot six, right? But everyone, not everyone, but people have this conversation about is it good to go away? Is it bad to go away? It's, it should really just be about what's the best scenario per kid. Yeah. And if each kid should have all of those opportunities. I should have the opportunity to stay at my local public school and get a great education, whether that's true or not. I should have that opportunity. You should, right. I should have the opportunity to hopefully financially go to a Catholic school and get a great education and a good basketball experience. And I should have the opportunity to go away if I want to, right? Most times kids are leaving this, leaving New York City to go to college. True. Right? So we need to prepare them for that, right? And yeah, if they right. Can get and, that's prepared, their, and that's their first oh, that, journey outside that of New York That could be a culture shock for you, right? yeah. But if they're getting prepared for that for that next journey, that next chapter, that next step while they're here, we have no issue with that at PSA, right? Think reality. If the kid is here, we can see him more. Uh-huh. We can take him to lunch more. We can check on his grades more. It's a little easier, but there's also things that say, hey, the network base that you might get if you walk away from here, the class structure, like kids say it so many times, it's not PSA. If you just listen to kids... And when they go away and they say New York City had too much distractions, mm. New York City had too much going on. I needed to be in a smaller classroom environment. I needed to be, I needed to get around the clock tutoring. I needed to be, they're not talking about basketball. Right. They're literally talking about their life outside of basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think people want to talk about basketball. And that's fine. Because if you want to talk about basketball, I actually go as far as to say, what about the fact that there's a lot more kids? who are getting seen because those other kids are not here, right? Yeah, so okay. when Hamadou Diallo goes to school in Connecticut, there's a kid in New York City that gets the chance to blow up, right? Yeah, you're right. That kid, Joe Toussaint, becomes the all-time leading scorer at Cardinal Hayes because somebody like Chris McCullough wasn't at Cardinal Hayes, mm. right? Or there's, there's um, let's say, when Cole Anthony leaves Malloy, not saying he should or not, but there's another kid that have an opportunity to blow up at yeah. Malloy. Yeah. There's kids at St. Raymond's right now who might be in the starting five that if the kids who walked away that are local, they were here, those kids might be coming off the bench. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. this city championships being won right now, right. in my opinion, yeah. because some of these kids are not home. Mm. Right? Now, does it make for a better entertainment when we come at six o'clock and watch a basketball game? Yes. But once the basketball game is over, all of us including myself, the adults, we're going about our life. Yeah. Those kids have to go home. First of all, they got to get home. Yeah. Second of all, they have to go home and hopefully the living arrangements of of quality. Then they have to do their homework, right? If they need help, they got to figure it out themselves, right? The next day you got to wake up on your own. You got to get to school. The breakfast, I don't know. Got to figure that out, right? The lunch, I don't know. You got to figure that out. So they got to live their life. We they have to live their life what's best for them, not what's best for the adults in New York City, because we're searching for entertainment. There's ESPN, there's there's you know CBS. There's a lot of entertainment sure. that you can have. So I get like, oh man, you know we want New York City. Those still New York City kids, yeah, through right. and through. Right? right, if you speak to any kid who quote unquote made it, that kid is screaming New York to the top of his lungs, and New York is screaming back. He's a New York guy. One one area. And and I I 
the more I think about it, the more I kind of have to blame myself, not necessarily people like you or or Coach Rose here at St. Raymond. Mm. Um, Mo Bamba, great yep. example. Yep. I, I blamed, I actually blame Rose, Coach Rose, <laughs> for the fact that I didn't know about Mo Bamba until the NBA draft. Oh, wow. I placed the blame on him. <laughs> now I kind of have to make you share it a little bit. But... But, but it, it falls kind stuff. of into the context of, and that's kind of one of those things. I can't say I was mad, but like, I was like, damn, yo, imagine if he would have came through New York, stayed through New York, and blew up. I mean, he's, he's blown up, so it's kind of a moot point. But like, the the again, and maybe this is just my fantasy, but like the community that you develop for yourself and your brand, if you are... A product of a certain place, and you are, and that community continues to grow with you. I think that's there's a value there that I can't even quantify. Mm. I don't even know if, if it's quantifiable. But now, as we're speaking, I'm like, nah, man. Like the the other things that I I don't know about yeah. that probably aren't even shared, right? Yeah. About somebody like a Mo Bamba, yeah. that situation probably would have turned out poorly for him had he remained. You you really you really just don't know. I mean, obviously God has a, a path and a journey for each one of these guys. And when I met Mo Bamba, he was already in boarding school. Mo Bamba was in oh. boarding school in seventh grade. Okay, I can't. <laughs> Most people don't even I, right. No idea. He was in New Hampshire in seventh grade at Cardigan Mountain. It's the junior boarding school. So he There's never, such a thing. I didn't. There's even know such that. a thing. There's junior boarding schools. They go up to ninth grade from sixth to ninth. Wow. Right. So he was in junior boarding school. The other thing is, I don't think it's. Mo Bamba being able to be embraced by the community as a kid, I think it's Mo Bamba embracing his community when he makes it. Being able to get guys to places where they can come and give back. Yeah. How do we get our communities uplifted? We need people that are powerful enough and, and, and organizations that are powerful enough to do that, yeah. right? To, to, to get us to the next stage. So if Mo Bamba comes back and says, watch me lift Harlem, and Hamadou Diallo came back and said, "Watch me do this Queens thing." Yeah. And and um, Ty Jerome's like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for the Westchester area." And Eric Pascal is doing the same thing. And and Amari Spellman says, "Hey, listen, watch me help out Middletown. That's yeah. New York." And and you know, and you keep and the list goes on. And Cole Anthony's like, "All right, well, guess what? I'm gonna do some stuff in in Lower Manhattan, Harlem, right?" And now you got let's say you got ten to twelve guys. And they're all taking control of their area because they're strong enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's our job to figure out how to keep getting those guys through. And if getting you through is, hey, I can stay at Lincoln and do it like Lance Stevenson, that's good. Hurrah. Right? And if it means I need to go to a different boarding school, it happens. If it means I need to stay at the Catholic school in New York City, that's where I feel most comfortable and my family structure can help that, then let's do it. But the biggest thing is let's get these guys in positions to the best of our abilities to not fail. Because there's enough journeys, there's enough stories that says that guy was the man and he didn't make it. And if you look hard enough, it wasn't he didn't make it because he wasn't talented. It was he didn't make it because of the 22 hours a day that he wasn't playing basketball. And that's where the difference in PSA and a lot of other people, we, we do it reverse. We worry about who you are as a person. Because of our journey, right? I, like you have, if you're a Division three basketball player or you never played college basketball, you're looking at the world from a lens of what if you don't make it, as opposed to most are saying, "I'm making it." So you got they no contingency a, plan. There's no backup. There's nothing. You just literally believe they're all gonna make it, and the numbers are so small. Mm-hmm. 
They're not, right? So how do we prepare you to be a man? So if somebody told me today, I don't want to play basketball no more, my job is to say, that's okay. How do I continue to support you? What are the next stages? And that's different. Like these people that that are, that are jumping up and down about, oh, I want this kid to stay home and play basketball. They're not even thinking about the kid no. off the court or who he is or what he's going through. You don't know that kid. I'm, yo, I'm you guilty. literally don't. I'm absolutely hundred percent. I mean, yeah. like I'm not. I'm not in that capacity. Like I'm not yeah. trying to mold these kids. Nothing like that. I'm just in it as a fan of the game yeah. that I grew up watching and still to this day I'm a fan of. Yeah. And but but you've instilled now in me after our few conversations like. I'm looking at it differently now. Yeah. Like to me, it's it's and it's always been like I'm a very much like a an upliftment kind of person. Yeah. Like growing up in the Bronx, we grew up in situations yeah. that <laughs> was tough. Yes, sir. Right, and so if you have an opportunity to go back and help the next dude that's coming up the same way you did, yeah. help coach them yeah. away from things that you know are detrimental. That's that's our job. Yeah. Like I feel like we got to do that. And so for you to tell me what you just did. I have to look at things very differently because we, it's very, again, it's entertainment for, yeah. for us that are not on the court, right? Yeah. And even for the kids on the court, but at the end of the day, there's way more to it than yeah. just that game that day, yeah. um, which, which is something I, I truly admire about how you guys are moving, yeah. right? Um, I, I, have, I have a couple more questions for cool. you. The landscape of New York basketball, I, I, I like to talk about it from a tri state perspective because there's just, it's almost hard to distinguish between Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey sometimes as far as the style of play, yeah. right? Um, you you know what basketball was in the 90s when yeah. we was coming up. Yeah. And even before that, like the yeah. legend of the mecca of basketball. Yeah. How do you look at it today yeah. from your vantage point? Do you think that there is something to say about kind of a new era? Is it just completely different? Like what's your... I look. I look at it like now. Don't, don't please don't misunderstand me. New York City. I feel like we can hold out on with anybody. Yeah. When especially when it comes to the grassroots side, because the misconception could be high school basketball in New York City is down. But everyone knows if you took all these kids that are away and kept them here, we would be destroying the rest of these states. Hundred percent. Right. That's that's first and foremost, in my opinion. Yeah. Second of all, you can see that because how dominant we are in, in AAU, mm -hmm. right? When we get on the road, we're, we're, we're successful, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, different programs on Adidas, different programs on Nike, different programs on Under Armour. We've been successful. Like, New Heights has been successful on Under Armour. Um, the, the three or four Nike teams have been successful on Nike. And J, J. David, Adidas, and have been successful on, on, on our circuit. So... And we're dividing a bunch of our guys, mm. right? Some states they got one sneaker sponsor team. We're we're chopping it up, right? And yeah. and we're still competitive. We're still winning. We're still putting out high level talent. It's not the same as it was before from a standpoint of all our kids used to stay home. Yeah. Right. And then they used to play on basically two teams. Right. right? Majority of the time. I right. mean, there's other teams, obviously. Sure. But. You know, there's Riverside, and then it was Gauchos, right? So anytime they go on the road, they're taking the 10 best kids, and they put them on the same team. And then the next 10 best teams will mix in the 20. They're on these two teams, and they're, and they're traveling, and people are scared of them. Mm -hmm. The way it is today, there's so many different organizations. And there's good to that, right? There's Sometimes it's good to that because there's more opportunities for more kids sure. to get seen if it's about getting the, kids the scholarships, right stuff, right? Yeah. 
as opposed to I just want to play basketball and win some games. Um, but now it's more difficult because there's so many different opportunities that the development at times is stalemate because guys are like, hey, if you make this too hard for me, I'm just going to go somewhere else. If if you're asking me to, to get out my comfort zone, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Because I don't have to. There's other options. There's so many options. And right. then if those options are insecure, in a sense, they start to bend and say, okay, you don't have to figure out how to use your left hand or play off of two feet and be on time to practice. And we practice hard and we do it often. Like yeah. It becomes watered down because there's so many different programs. The other thing is when there's so many programs, there's so many programs on the road that people assume the weaker program is the one that's the representation of New York. Oh, but that's not the fact, right? But when we're on top, when we're doing well, they don't want us to be the representation of New York. They don't give, they don't give the credit. <laughs> yeah, you right. don't. That's right. not New York. They got, so that, it, it gets tricky, right? But I say this, man. We, we're putting out a lot of Division One guys, right? And they're going to college, and they're doing well across the landscape, whether, whatever level they're going to. And we're putting out, we're putting out a good amount of pros, right? Do, do you think, especially given your numbers, do you think college basketball – uh, college scholarship basketball athletes, do you think that they are put in positions to actually utilize that scholarship properly when they are playing D1 basketball? Because, and I'll, and I'll, preface, I'll, I'll add to that, the reason I have a, a debate, I guess, mm-hmm. in my head is I always believe if you're able to gain a competitive scholarship at a great school, mm-hmm. that's a great thing. It's a very big positive because of how unaffordable that is for most people, right? But if you're a basketball player at one of these power schools, for example, right, how likely is it that you're really going to be able to focus on your education? Because you become effectively an employee of that institution (laughs) for however many years you're going to be there. So, like, how do you – because education being one of your main principal areas, right, how do you look at that when you're – when you hand them off, basically, to and I know you don't stop, yeah. but you you're not seeing them as much in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. How does mm-hmm. that affect you? How do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's tough when 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 it comes to kids leaving school early, right? I think yeah. when you when they're there, you're like, we listen, man. I, I'm on the phone cursing them out. You gotta go to class. Like you gotta be, you gotta be bigger than what people want you to be. Like yeah. we're sending them quotes every morning about being bigger than society, being bigger than statistics going to class and, and gathering some knowledge that you could take with you, being lucky. I mean, we try to share our experiences, right? Like how much did, what you're getting for free, how much does it cost when you're not, right? I'm having a conversation three days ago, right? We got a young kid at Ole Miss, he's graduating, and he's like, man, I, I need to be up, be up here just to use a facility. And I'm like, yeah, because the minute you walk off that campus, every single thing that you were using for free cost. Yep. And, and we're trying to get you to understand that. Um, I just think guys got to challenge themselves not to fit in that box, not to let someone tell you what you should be getting out of it. But there also needs to be a, a, a nice circle of people that's pushing you to get your degree. Um, like I've had legitimate arguments with guys that are like, oh, I'm into the draft. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like you yeah. got to you gotta finish this. And then when you do that, you could keep going. Like you need to take more summer school classes. Like, But I've also had arguments with coaches that say, hey, I'll make sure you take summer school every every semester, you know, and, and we'll cover it. And then when it's that time, they kind of like, oh, we can't afford it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it you know, so it's so a lot of tricky ways. But 
think a lot comes from when when you walk on that campus, what are you expecting to get out of it? If yeah. you want to be just a basketball player, they're going to let you be just a basketball player. If you want to be something bigger than that and you want to utilize, like we've got guys who are, who are literally <laughs> in music while they're on campus and creating albums while they're on campus. Wow. Because we're explaining to them, hey, man, it's a studio. Yeah. Go, <laughs> That's go free. milk that. You better get to it, right? And there's, there's guys who are, who are entrepreneurs while they're on campus and creating things that they can, you know, um, monetize later. So it's about how much you want to be different and, and challenge yourself. Or do you just want to fall in the box and play thirty five games every year? Yeah, man, this, you know it's tough. I, I uh, you know, I think every every parent's dream, and I don't know if you have children. Do you have nah. kids? Okay, so every parent's dream that is a fan of the, any sport, yeah, ideally the kid gets a college scholarship, and that's like a big deal, right? <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> well, right, it used to be. <laughs> For me, it still is, and I and I, my daughter's playing ball. She's just about to turn thirteen. Nice. And I tell her, like, and I don't say it to her in a way of, like, yo, get yourself a scholarship because we ain't (laughs) got it. it, Right. It it ain't that. It's more like, yo, here's what the opportunities look like Mm -hmm. if if this is something you want to pursue at a high level. Right. And I, I don't want you ever to consider it for the wrong reasons. I want you to utilize this first and foremost for beyond that, yeah. that finite period of time where you're able to play basketball, yeah. if that's what you want to do long term, because as soon as that and we, you know this is Say cliche now, yeah. as soon as that ball stops bouncing, then what? And it's it's so difficult to tell a twelve year old girl. It's too far. It's way too far. Yeah. So I have to imagine as you guys are developing kids the way you through your program. Yeah. That has to be a constant conversation. And again, you mentioned you got to tell them, tell them, and send them quotes yeah, you, and do all the stuff. But I how, mean, think how many about get it. it? Some get it then, but you also got to be understanding that everyone learns at a different rate. Totally. Everyone gets the message at a different time. Totally. Like you, you, you say the, the term, I told you so, a lot of times, yeah. right? Because yeah. kids, and I mean they're kids, right? They're making decisions that, that could affect them six years from now. They're also making decisions that can help them six years from now. Totally, yep. But they can't, they don't know what six years from now looks like. And us as the adults, right? Think about me, people are like, man, I don't got time for life insurance. I don't know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow, right? Like, you're talking about we're trying to, the adults around them are so important because if they don't understand every decision you make, it's going to either affect you positively or negatively down the road, Yeah. right? So you're talking to your daughter and you're like, hey, the reason why we're going to select, let's say, Cardinal Spellman is because of their their network, because of their endowment, because of the small class structure, because majority of the people, the graduation, where they matriculate to, you went as a parent and you're looking at the list and you're like, phew, 50% ended up in some big time academic schools, yeah. right? That's where I need my daughter at. But she's like, hey, the school down the block, they got better colors. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you think as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you, we're trying to ask them to think as adults. And then sometimes we're, we're put in a place where we got to help make decisions, not based on today, but based on four years from now. And then hope when the fourth year come up, they say, you know what? Thank, Thank you. Because I wasn't ready. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. I was looking at this school. is They wear Nike and other school wear unarmed. Yeah, that's as basic you know as I mean? it gets sometimes. I was willing to trade that in to not get the school to have my major. You see what I'm saying? Wow. And, 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 and these are the things that we're going through on a day-to-day process with every single kid. There's a lot of kids. 
This is like people, oh, Co Anthony and Mo Bamba, like those guys are basketball, like that's gonna take them a long way. Yeah. But the the things that you can teach them and be around them and they help you and vice versa, trying to teach them about manhood. You gotta be on time, you gotta be respectful, you gotta treat the janitor the same way you treat the principal. Yep. Like there's a lot of things that everyone needs. And nine times in ten, I think you need to judge programs on what are y'all doing with the kid that's eight through twelve? What's happening to that kid? So, are, do you recommend? And I'm I'm purely talking about basketball right now. Okay. I know you're talking more than that. You can talk about basketball. I'm but cool. From eight to twelve, I find it to be kind of ridiculous to have kids playing on travel teams and like how hard they push, right? To have them playing ball. Well, how do you how do you see the world? If you eight to twelve, like I look at the guys who are eight to twelve for us, right? Yeah. Kid ends up at Dartmouth. Okay. Lash. Kid ends up at Lehigh. Kid ends up at Lafayette. Kid ends up at um, Binghamton, Seattle. Like, 12, and you utilize basketball, and you still got a free education, then the journey was worth it. Yeah, okay. If you Agreed. 9, 10 through 12, and you ran around, and you played a bunch of basketball, and then you ended up in, somebody said, listen, you can go to Bronx Community College. I question why were you running around, mm-hmm. right? When if you're doing this correctly, you should spend more time trying to figure out those four kids at the bottom because they need the most help. Yeah, for right? sure. The first six or seven, them guys are so talented and they're, they're good academically. They're good people. They're going to go Division One. They're going to have a lot of options. When you can figure out the kid that didn't supposed to go Division One and he goes to school for free at Sacred Heart, that parent never forgets you. Or his kids go to Central Connecticut, parent never forgets you. Yep. Those are the kids where it's like, this is serious. If this kid doesn't get a scholarship, that family, like you said, they cannot afford college. No. And if they cannot afford college, that means you're going to get a job with a name tag at 18 years old. Then your opportunities it's over. are like this. It's at done. That point. As you said, the ball stopped. Yep. It stopped bouncing at 18. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to save you four more years. And if you're smart, you milk it into five and get two degrees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now yeah. you're 23. In the real world is calling you, but you're a lot smarter. You got multiple degrees. You're going you're gonna to meet some people that can help you along the line to get you a job or a career. Or you can find a way overseas. You can get better doing the journey, right? Yeah. The same kid at, at uh, senior in high school doesn't look like the kid that's a fifth-year senior in college. Completely all. different player right. and person. So I think that's extremely important, right? And that's something most parents are not saying. They just think my kid is going to be one through eight. What happens to nine? And that's why I feel like we do the best job. We, we're going to make sure a kid, somehow, some way, we're trying to make sure those guys are good hmm. because they're the ones who need the most. Like, yes, it's great that the kid that's, that's going to Lehigh was on the same team as Cole Anthony. He brought a lot of coaches to the game. Yeah, You know what I mean? They, those guys are, are great teammates, are great friends. Now maybe you become an agent and you call and Cole to say, hey, I'll become your agent. Maybe he needs a lawyer. You as lawyer, maybe you as doctor. I don't know, but you guys can create something that There's keeps all there. the money in house, right? Amongst y'all, who else you gonna trust? Yeah, that's the your guy you've been sitting point. around with now seven, eight years, right? Right. So I think that's the stuff that we that we try to focus on. It's not just not just the basketball side. Final question for you, sir. You hear all the hoopla around Sierra Canyon and Bronny James <laughs> and that star-studded group of cats that are playing there. Mm-hmm. And you guys play nationally. Yeah. How different are things? And again, I you can't really go by media, but that's really kind of the 
I guess, the best thing for people like me who are not in it, mm-hmm. right, to judge it or, or to observe it. How vastly different is the world today at the high school mm-hmm. level, given you've got powerhouse squads and all these different things that are going on in, the, in, in high school basketball? How does that, for better or worse, affect PSA and programs like you guys? Because there's a big spotlight. I, I on think it. <laughs> it, it, in a sense, it it hurts New York mm. from the standpoint of like the marketing. Okay. Yep. Kids are looking at the TV screen and saying, "Hold on, Sarah Kane's playing 14, 15 games on some type of ESPN network, right?" And these boarding schools and prep schools and these and these teams who are who are gathering all of these high level kids from around the country and putting them on one team, these guys are playing on TV a lot. Right? Yep. They're not in college yet. Yep. So you're seeing that. You're seeing the amount of NBA personnel at these games, the the celebrities at these games, and you're seeing all of this stuff. And kids are like, all right, man, I need to be there. right? If, you, if the club is supposed to be so good and you're seeing it, the first thing you're going to say is, I like the party too. I want to go there. So I think the marketing behind – you know, schools like that, teams like that, it's it's making guys look from afar and say, I need to get a piece of that. Yep. Right? I don't really personally feel like it affects PSA. I think our guys get so much marketing. At times, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Right? I think. But the way things are going now where if they they talking about having, having it when you can get paid for your likeness in college, the platform in high school becomes that yeah. much bigger because you're – you're becoming your own entity. That's when it could affect PSA okay. or any AAU team because you start to have a kid that's bigger than the program, mm-hmm. right? You have a kid who's like, hey, I want to be able to sell shirts. I want to be able to sell socks. I want to be able to sell glasses. This this game right here is important that I win, but it's more important that I'm getting seen and, and I need 50 cameras here. Then my brand, my brand right? You got two brands. You got right. the program brand. You got an individual brand. And yeah. how do they mirror each other? Right? Or how do they work with Co-exist. one another? Coexist. And that's what happens in college. Right? You got Ben Simmons at LSU, and LSU's like, hey, man, I'm trying to win a game. And he's like, I'm trying to be number one pick. Yeah. Right? And when I come out, yeah. I want to sell some sneakers. Yep. So you have these different things going on. And, it, and it, when you see that, you're like, oh, this, this is the road that it's about to go to. So I don't know how many of those kids are at that level on, on a given team. Yeah. Maybe one. But if you have one, the benefit for us is, well, who's had the kid that is like that? And who's been able to help maneuver and get that kid more press? Yep. Right? Cole Anthony was on the cover of the Slam magazine, yeah. bro, in high school. Yep. How many times do people do that? Not a lot. So that's somehow that marketing between his family, his circle, and everything around him was kind of genius. So if you're your family that's looking for a place where you're trying to get to that stage, you're like, I'm going with who did it already. Yeah. The proven track. Yeah. For you sure. Because you don't want to, at that that amount of money on the table, you're, you're not going to pick a rookie at that, at that, time, sure. at that point in time. Yeah, so no, you, can't, you can't trust that. It's too much. Yeah, too you many know, It's too much. These kids are basically now, they arguably pros that in their junior year in high school, right? And it gets earlier and earlier and earlier. But you're still further away from the end goal, and that's where people think it can't go wrong. But a lot of times it does go so wrong. Much. So much can happen. So much. And it's all, like I said, man, it's all about your off the court to me. 
if a kid loves basketball, he's going to play basketball. Yeah. But how much basketball are you going to play every day? You're not doing that 24-7. You can't. You got to go. <laughs> you got to live a Chris life. Paul said it. I'm always going to be better than the young kid coming in because I can go play basketball all day long if I want. I get paid to do this. Yeah. You got to go to class. You got to go to sports. You got to go to lunch. You got to go to dinner. You got to study. You got to be around your family. You got Your day is chopped up. Yep. You know, your day is chopped up. So it's good money. Um. Thank you, brother. This was a really good conversation. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely want to have more of these. Maybe not necessarily on <laughs> air, but we definitely yeah. got to talk more because uh, I know you have a perspective that is that I am gravitating more to the more we speak um, about these, particularly like the the lo- local aspect of, of yeah. the development of a, of a individual. Um, where can people find out more about PSA? What uh, you guys, what showcases you got? I know this episode is going to air after the, the yeah. showcase at Mount St. Michael, but um, yeah. yeah, tell tell the people. I mean, obviously on Twitter, uh, PSA Carnos. Um, I guess we're on Instagram. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a big social media guy. Good, but PSA Cardinals. Yeah, look for the Cardinals. Find that. Um, we're doing a showcase tomorrow. Um, it's going to be big. I think it's going to be great for New York. Great energy. That's the other thing. Like, even though the kids go away, we try to bring them back home. Yeah. That's another form of having them here so their families could see them. And, that, and they, you know, maybe we should have did it earlier and you guys could have seen a kid like Mo Bomb at an earlier age. But I think along those lines, we're still trying to figure out the expectations that New York have on us. Very different. Um, they're all different, right? They're different. They're definitely, <laughs> it's crazy you said that. The expectations the city has on have on us, Yeah, I think, without me having conversation with people, just feeling the energy is definitely different than what they have on others. Yes. For better or for worse. Yes. Um, and what they don't, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know, we try, right? At least try to see what they're thinking and then try to find ways to not appease them, but also meet people halfway. Find a happy medium. Find a happy medium, yeah. which is stuff like that. Like, all right, bring the, bring the high school event to New York City. Right, do a Mari Spellman Big Man Camp in New York City, do a elementary, do a give back in New York City, right, mm-hmm. and just do things. Where we're we're consistently trying to help others that aren't necessarily in our program, but I guess what they say, man, heavy's the, the head that wear the crown, and we try to always figure out why. And I think one of the biggest things for me has always been the mental warfare of having to be what others consider the top yeah, and what does that box. come with right yeah because you can have enemies quote unquote or people that dislike you f- that have never had a conversation with you and this conversation is a lot longer than 97 yes. percent of the people in this city have had with me directly to understand my train of thought and i always want to understand other people's train of mm-hmm. thoughts like i'm always saying hey man what can we do better um you know how are we not reaching these the masses? How can we help kids that aren't in our program? Um, how can we connect with just more adults that aren't in our program? Um, you know, whether it's materialistic objects to give away to kids who need it. Um, and it doesn't mean we're better than anyone. It's just this is how we're doing it while we're here. And when we do leave, we want to leave with the ability to sleep at night knowing we did it in a certain manner. Yeah, right. it was consistent. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the day-to-day, is it's, it's tough if... The people you're fighting for at times are fighting against you. Yeah. And they look like you. It's dangerous. Even worse. It's dangerous. 
Yo, much, man. Thank you, brother. My guy. I appreciate you, man. Always. Appreciate um, you having me. Yeah, man. Hopefully we do this again another time. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs>